You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Hey, Potskulls, and welcome to a another edition of the Aaron Says What podcast with Aaron Weinbaum. Today, I am super excited to interview somebody I have been a fan of for a while, comedian Adam Hunter. So I'm going to try to get him on the line right now. Doesn't seem to be dialing. Uh-oh. Well... Let me try again here. Well, he says he's ready to go, but it doesn't seem to be working. All right, we got through. I am here with comedian Adam Hunter. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. It's uh, great to finally talk to you. I haven't seen you since uh, you did a show in Fairview, Vi- Fairview Heights, Illinois. In, uh, ooh, I, I want to say that was last July. The comedy mecca of the world. Oh, yeah, it was an interesting place, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. They, they were they were really wor- working hard to uh, promote Screech coming the next week. <laughs> From jail, right? From jail. <laughs> he got a pass to perform in Fairview Heights, Illinois, for whatever reason. Uh, before yeah. I forget, I wanted, my wife wanted to make sure I said hi. Uh, your wife is beautiful. I, it's, uh, I, it's one of the most mysterious things I've ever seen in my life, if, with, uh, you and your beautiful wife. If I were to sum up my life, it would be answering that fucking question over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, man. But hey, it's it's uh, great to talk to you. Why don't you uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? What you got going on? Uh, things are good, man. Just hustling, you know. I just uh, I shot season one of Living with Funny. We're waiting to see if it gets picked up again. I got a new show on True TV coming out called The Greatest Wedding Ever. It comes out July fifth. I shot an MTV show called Acting Out. I'm probably filming that in the next couple of days. But I shot it, and then, and then uh, it's working. I sold the show. Uh, I can't announce that officially yet, but to a major network. And then just writing and traveling and doing stand-up and just working, working hard, man, just hustling. It sounds like it, man. It's, it sounds like you're always going. Uh, I first uh, ran into you on Twitter, I guess. I, I, well, let's backtrack. I used to listen to the uh, Joe Rogan podcast before it became about weed and uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, when it was more about fighting, and he mentioned a joke that you had told, and he repeated on Fox, uh, what was uh, came behind more from behind more times than Lance Bass or something like that. Yeah. So then I checked you out on Twitter, and I was just new at Twitter at the time, and I, it was crazy because I was always been a huge fan of comedy, a huge fan of MMA, and you put it together with your MMA roasted account like nobody else I've ever seen. I'm like, I'm like, wow, man, I'm I'm hooked. And then uh, I started listening to your podcast, and then it became me hustling like crazy to try to get you to retweet one of my MMA jokes. And finally, there was a picture of Chael Sonnen and Vitor, Vitor Belfort, and all you said was, caption this. And it was probably, it was like in the middle of the night, I'm like, all right, here's my chance. I'm, I'm going to get on. And I think I said something, oh, you go to Super Cuts too, or something like that. I don't, I don't know. And then... Uh, and then from there, I learned, you know, obviously you did some work with the Ronald McDonald House, which uh, I do a lot of work with as well here locally. So, and it just kind of took off from there. But Yeah, uh, no, man, I mean, you're really funny, dude. Like, you, I always tell you you should do stand-up because you have, 
you have really good jokes, you have really good structure, a very, very funny, you, you find the humor and stuff, and uh, I would say you're probably, you know, if not, like, one of, like, the funniest people that I follow, if not the funniest, so, uh, hats off to you, man. Man, that is, that is a huge compliment, uh, it really is, and, uh, uh, stand-up comedy is on my to-do list, I, uh, and I've emceed a lot of things for work and, and whatnot, you know, with people I know, and I, Honestly, I think for me, it would be easier to go up in front of people I don't know, you know, where I'm not really worried about what people, what people think and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, it is definitely on my uh, bucket list, definitely on my to-do list. Now, you also, I, well, I did this with your permission, but I, I launched uh, a parody account that, uh, you know, it's weird because my fans don't really cross over between my uh, parody Dana White account and, and my other account. But there, there's a few hardcore ones that know who I am. And they're pretty good at keeping a secret. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to rip you off. I wanted to get your promotion and I'm going to, or not promotion, but your permission. I just want to say that is probably one of the favorite things I do. Just acting like Dana White (laughs) all day long and just blasting followers and they love it. I mean, it's funny. Nobody's really sensitive except for, for some reason, the, the juice heads get mad when I, when I make a comment. I mean, I guess they're really (laughs) sensitive anyway because they have low self-esteem and they're popping roids all the time and they block me instantly. So... Uh, oh no, it's funny, man. Like sometimes I'll get, I'll be bored, and I'll look through with you, like you, like just randomly telling people to look up and their thing, <laughs> or, or like insulting like that their look, or making fun of them. But you do it as as Dana does, yeah. And it, it's it's so funny. I mean, it like I I, I think, like I'll, I'll laugh out loud. I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking funny, man. Well, my favorite so. one lately is the vine loops. I always say, hey, take your vine loops, multiply them by six, and that's how many seconds of your life you've wasted. <laughs> <laughs> that or you're like, you have 12 followers. You don't need to protect your tweets. That makes me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> oh, it, it's crazy they do that. And then they, they're always yelling at me afterwards. I'm like, I can't retweet you. No, nobody could read that because you protect your tweets. So, I, I, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot, man." And most recently, uh, who was on your show? Ru- oh, Rudy Morales. I got him to unprotect yeah. his account. I mean, he's been following me for a while, and, and he'll he'd say something here and there. I'm like, "No one can see you." You know, and, Rudy is insane. I love Rudy, man, but like, he's like he fights every like every other week. Yeah, and then I think we interviewed a bare knuckle boxer on the podcast. And next thing you know, he's actually fighting in bare-knuckle boxing. I'm like, Rudy, why are you doing this? He's like, oh, I'm going to be the first guy from Guatemala to be the bare-knuckle. Yeah. He's always the first guy from Guatemala to do something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it was Bobby Gunn, wasn't it? Let's see here, boys. You sound like uh, Oh, Bobby. that was so funny. Yeah, Bobby Gunn and Shannon the Cannon Rich. Well, let me tell you something <laughs> about Shannon the Cannon. He followed me on Twitter and started sending me, like, highlight reel knockouts and finally, I had to tell him, I'm, I'm not Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he thought that was Dana. And I, I, I sent copies of that to uh, uh, CB Gold, too. He got a kick out of that. He's, and, then, uh, and then I get these guys all the time telling me how to run the UFC. They'll send me these DMs. So I started screenshotting them, and I, I'll pin them to my profile for about a week. And they're my goof of the week, I guess. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Rudy is... <laughs> Rudy's gonna actually do the bare knuckle thing, though, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm still wondering if this thing's really gonna happen. It just, I mean, there's promotion for it, but not really. Yeah. You know, they're promoting it, but it it doesn't doesn't seem like 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure the thing's even legal. I mean, Bobby Gunn and Shannon are like, yeah, bring the whole family. I'm like, really? <laughs> Is it something your whole family wants to go see? Barracko boxing? <laughs> like, I, I'm intrigued. Oh, that, that was the other thing, too. He asked if I was going. Shannon the cannon goes, am I going to this event in Florida? I'm like, uh, pro- probably not, dude. I... <laughs> So it's funny. It's it's funny how many people fall for it too. So I well, we had Don, had Don Fry on the podcast. He said he wants the winner of the <laughs> cannon versus the gun, which I would watch. I would watch this all day long. Which is like I'm like, what am I doing in my life? Well, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward more to the bare knuckle boxing than some actual UFC fight nights. Well, you were killing me with these random calls the other day. You called Don Fry and what was his voicemail? I'm out chasing a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, no, then he actually picked up. I could, I didn't know what to say to him because I was so <laughs> used to him not picking up. Then when he picked up, I had actually, I'm like, oh shit! I actually do have questions for this guy. Yeah, you know, he's super. I mean, he's super <laughs> nice every time you, he, you know, every time you have him on. But I think the funniest thing he ever said he was gonna he'd take a Kane's brown pride tattoo and put it on the back of his pickup. <laughs> <laughs> No, we've had some of the things people tell us. I'm just like, oh my god! Some of the things people have actually told me, like I don't even, like I don't even tweet it out because yeah. it's I know it'll get the fighters in trouble because it's so you know eh, xenophobic or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to get this guy suspended or docked. But if people, but if people listen to it, they're like, oh, you know, it's crazy. Some of the people said, tell me. Well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you a Ben Askren story real quick. So he followed me on Twitter briefly because I just. Uh, I knew the guy that sold him his house. I'm from Missouri also. And uh, I was like, well, if I tell you who sold you your house, you have to follow me. He's like, yeah, sure. So I did. He's like, oh, shit. Are you? <laughs> so he followed me for a little bit. And then he unfollowed me because he said I was clogging up his timeline, making fun of people. So this was during his training camp. He only follows like 60 people. He's really weird about that. And uh, so one time he's, he's on there, and they were having all these uh, cancellations, people pulling out of fights. And I just tweet out, hey, Ben, why don't you call me? We need to talk. He sends me a direct message. He goes, I don't even have your number. And uh, I was the Dana account. And I was just, I was really just ribbing him. And I'm oh, like, my God. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, I, I don't expect you would. I, I was just joking. And, <laughs> and he sends me a message back. He goes, oh, man, I just totally fell for the gimmick. Oh, that is so funny. That yeah. Is, yeah, Ben's a good dude. I mean, he's a really, really nice guy. Yeah. But he's also so competitive, man. Yeah. I'm like... Uh, he's a great teammate, but man, I would hate to have to go against him because he's the guy that will win at all costs, you know? Uh, like he still doesn't like, there's a guy who coached at ASU that beat him like eight times in college. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Fuck. He's an ASU coach right now. He's a wrestler. Uh, great, great guy. And like Ben hates him still. And they don't know why Ben hates him. It's just cause, just cause he beat him. Like, Ben is so competitive. So competitive. Yeah, man. I think, you know, that whole thing where he keeps his Twitter followers to a certain amount, and I think he gets super serious with his training camps and whatnot. And Man, I, I just fear, I hope his best years aren't behind him. You know, he's he's fought him. I think the last two guys he's fought have been roided out, and they can't even make weight. The guy couldn't even make weight at, you know, at the new weight rules where you can weigh in at 185 instead of cutting all the way down to 170. And I can't remember the guy's name. I remember the first one was... Uh, Sato, I don't remember. Santos, Luis Santos. Yeah, Luis Santos, and I don't remember who this last guy was. And he looked, he looked kind of tough on when uh, Ben tried to strike with him a little bit here, and I, I got a little worried. But I just hope he gets. 
to fight in the UFC before he passes his prime, and I'm a little worried that's never going to so, happen. It's so stupid. I mean, the guy is 16-0, and 0, undefeated, Olympian, two-time national champion. I mean, what, what does he need to do? Bellator champion. Yeah. But yet they put, he's got some of the other guys that are like 4-2 and two or 2-1 two and one or, you know, Michael Jackson. The guy, Michael Jackson, who fought, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the guy first in line to fight uh, our friend. Um, CM Punk. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of these guys. But at the same time, you know, I hear that what I hear is that Ben's getting 100000 a fight. Yeah. It's not confirmed, allegedly. And the UFC's not going to pay him that. No. So it's one of those things where, you know, if Ben really wanted to fight in the UFC, he probably could. He would just have to pay. I mean, not now. I mean, to get out of the contract. But he would have to take like a $80,000 pay cut. Yeah. And, well, you know, why would he do that? I mean, there's no, there'd be no point. I mean, other than, other than to fight the best guys and say he's the best in the world, but at the same time, he's got to feed his family. His kids are going to be in college one time, yeah. one day, you know. He, he's, got, he's got a house. He's got a wife. You know, I'm, I'm sure telling his wife, hey, I'm going to the UFC, but I, I'm going to make half a million dollars less <laughs> is not going to fly that well with him. And, like, why should it? No. You know, if somebody, as, as a comedian, if I could play, let's say there's the Laugh Factory – Wants to pay me five dollars, but you know, Jimmy's ha ha yuck yuck hole <laughs> uh, comedy club cave wants to pay me ten million. <laughs> I'm gonna go to fucking Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> Give a fuck, you know. Yeah, you heard it here. So first. I, one of sees the new yuck yuck hole. Yeah, so I, I can't blame uh, Askren at all for that. No, I can't either, man. I'm, but you know, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him against a GSP. Like, would GSP be able to hold him off with a jab? You know what would happen if they got into an exchange, like a like a grappling exchange? And uh, you know, I guess we'll never know. Probably, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. I mean, that same thing now with like Will Brooks too. I mean, Will Brooks is sixteen and one. Yeah. Bellator champ beat Chandler twice. You know, he he has a loss on his record, but so what? But, uh, but there's a guy who the UFC might not pick up, and it's gonna be another thing where it's like, ah, uh, you know. Which is not good because you you know you want to think that the best guys in the world are fighting in one organization. Yeah. You don't want like boxing where there's a WBC belt and a you know WFA you know all this all these belts and then you, you know you don't want to see you hope it doesn't get to the point where it's Pacquiao Mayweather and they fight five years past their prime. No, I know, man, and Will Brooks kind of did it to himself. It looks like with the, I mean those were some weird tweets he was putting out anti Bellator and you know. This net the target the target tweet right yeah I can't, I wish I could recall what it was I, I didn't know we go in that direction but yeah um so now growing up you basically you had the perfect recipe to be a comedian you know, a Jewish kid and kind of a rough childhood here and there so I mean explain how that's helped you with your comedy and, and your drive just to you know be the best wrestler you could be the best comedian you can be and keep hustling I mean a lot of it is just you know when I grew up. In high school, I mean, my, my parents, my mother left me when I was three years old. I haven't seen her since. And I had, a, I had a great father, but he, you know, he struggled. He has his own struggles with drugs and gambling and stuff like that. And I didn't think the need to be accepted. I didn't really have it from the family, so I kind of used it in, like the people at school to be accepted. And that went from, like, really good to really bad. Once, like, in middle school, it was, like, cool to be a bad kid. And I was just doing whatever I could. I got sent away to boarding school. It's like, all, you know... All those families that like threatened to send their kids to boarding school. My family actually went through with it, yeah. uh, which was the best thing in my life. I went to the high school in Maine. I really needed it, but it was really, really hard. 
were really good. I mean, I really excelled in wrestling out there, and they really pushed me, and it was very character development, and it was for kids that had too much energy and to kind of redirect your energy into a more positive way. That's really all it separates, you know, a, a quote-unquote good kid from a bad kid. Is just, you know, just doing you all that energy that you're doing causing trouble or being an asshole yeah. put towards something good in your life. And that's what that school did for me. Uh, I ended up getting a scholarship uh, to Hofstra, but then I went to Binghamton to wrestle and ended up having a TV show in college where I, I quit wrestling because I, mm. I hated the weight cut. I was losing like 15 pounds a week, Ugh. and that was really, really hard for me, especially in college. And, uh, you know, the structure that I had in boarding school, I had none of it in college. And I really could have dealt with it better. You know, I had a big ego in high school. I was like a four-time Class A New England champion, and I wanted to start. But then the, the captain of the team beat me 7-4 to four, 142, and I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'm starting. So I cut down to 134, and it was just too much of a cut for me every week. And I didn't want to go second string, which is what I should have done. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of quit rather than lose all this weight. And I, but I was doing really well in college. I took third. The first couple tournaments, I, took, I was like 12-3 and three in my first 15 matches, which in college is good as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it was D3, I, was, like, I lost to the kid ranked seventh in the country, Two to one and double overtime, like my fourth match in. Oh wow! Uh, as this is before the season even started, this is like preseason tournaments. So, but I just kind of wanted to also, in some ways, prove to myself that I could wrestle on a college level because I still had that prep school asterisk hanging over me. <laughs> of like, yeah, I was I was really good, but I was really good in prep school. How would I do in against public school kids? Yeah. Uh, but once I proved that I could kind of compete with them, I sort of, all right, that was a check mark. But then once I stopped wrestling, I had all this energy and time, and, and I got this TV show in college, which that's a whole other story in itself, but it ended up me being sued for $20 million for negligence, oh, for causing a, a riot on campus. It was called These Nuts, and people <laughs> were calling in, and I was hosting it, and I had my friends on it, and this girl called in, and people started making fun of her. I didn't even know who she was, and she came down to defend herself, and a guy that she hooked up with was talking shit to her back and forth. And then the guy came on the thing. It was like Jerry Springer, but on, like, Binghamton television. (laughs) And then she goes back to her dorm, and then she ends up suing the school for $20 million, me for $20 million, and this kid, Seth, for $20 million. So my my dad's like, you go to school for a month, you come back with a $20 million lawsuit. (laughs) And he's going to fucking class like everyone else. So then that led to me joining a fraternity because I needed, like, friends because I Kids were challenging me to fight while I was on the air. I'm like, bring it, motherfucker. Yeah. So I, I need to. So then I, I hated pledging. So then I was actually trying to pick up this girl named Tatiana who was giving auditions for the black dance repertoire. And I'm like, oh. So I tried out as like a joke. Made it. Made the black dance team. And then I actually got out of pledging and ended up winning the most dedicated re- uh, dancer on the black dance repertoire, which is actually pretty cool because at yeah. frat parties, me and my friends would all like do choreographed dances. And they'd be like, why is Adam all these black people dancing? Uh, which is awesome. Because um, I love black people. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, that, that being said, um, I ended up uh, leaving college. because That was the most fun I had in my life, which was hosting that talk, that talk show. I got banned from the station after one episode. And actually, they took down all the episodes. They said uh, th- there was like actually no more... Uh, talk shows after that. What's up, Baron? No, I can actually see him now. Yeah, I didn't know I wouldn't on. I might have to cut so it out for a minute. I got bad internet, but uh, all good. There was no more talk shows after that. Uh, but I was like, man, this is like the first time I ever did stand up comedy, and I'm like, I want to become a comedian. 
So I, I took these co a couple comedy courses in New York City, started doing comedy in laundromats and supermarkets and donut shops, wherever they had me. Uh, ended up on True Life, I'm a Comedian, uh, doing comedy in a donut shop at a laundromat. And uh, now it's 18 years later, and I've been on Leno twice, and Fonz the last comic standing, and just came off a TV show, but it's, it's still a grind. Yeah. I've been to almost every country doing military gigs. I've been to Japan, Korea, Africa, Guam, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, uh, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, just, wow. you know, every, uh, England, Germany, Brussels. So, yeah, just, uh, I, I love it, though. I mean, nothing, there's nothing better than doing comedy. It's the best feeling in the world for me, well, you know. It feels like for a while there you were like Mr. Even Out. Something would go through and then you'd get something else. But now it seems like you're getting a little bit ahead, and, and that's great to see, man. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. I mean, it's, it's, it's still like that. It's still like, I mean, the shows that I booked recently were, like, I booked it, filmed it, and then they didn't use me, and I'm like, fuckers, man. But it's just a matter of, like, you can't just have one thing. Like, you got to literally have 20 things. You know, when I, when I started doing comedy, it was like, okay, write, write your sitcom on stage. So then every comic was like, this is my family, and this is my neighbor, and this is my dog, and this is the, my girlfriend or my wife. Yeah. And, then the, and then the booker and the whoever, the casting people would be like, oh, okay, wow, this is interesting. Okay, you're, now you're the king of queens, or now you're everybody loves Raymond. Or yeah. now you, but then what happened was like they started giving everyone TV shows. People couldn't act. People stopped watching it. And now we're in an era where it's like, you know, when you get to those meetings, it's okay, What's okay? Okay, this is your comedy act. Okay, but what's your web series? Uh, how many Twitter followers do you have? Yeah. How many Instagram followers have? How are you with Snapchat? Uh, how's what movie ideas do you have? What reality show? What game show do you have? Uh, okay, what's your okay? What's your te here's your ten minute set? What's your, how many characters can you do? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's I mean there are people that have gotten TV shows off fucking Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, how, so it's not just you need 10 minutes anymore or 20 minutes. It's literally, it's like, I walk into a building, I'm like, a room, and I'm like, okay, what do you got? All right, I got this TV show, I got this movie, I got that TV show, I got this scripted reality show, I got this non-scripted reality show, I got this, uh, you know, and you, and you don't have to have that, but it fucking helps. No, because they might be like, no, 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 I like that idea. And then once <laughs> that idea goes, then you can then pitch another idea. Another idea. And, and so much of it is illusion. I mean, a, a lot of it is like how you're doing, and then it's also how people perceive you're doing. And, you know, which I fucking hate because I'll meet someone in LA and it's like, how's it going? Great, man. I got three TV shows, fucking sitcom. <laughs> and you're like, man, I fucking. And then you become that guy because if you don't say that, people think you're not doing shit. And so, I mean, it's a fucking grind. Uh, but in the end, it's really all about like the work mm -hmm. and your jokes, and, you know, the quality of your shit. Because, no. you, you know, because you could have an hour, but it's funny. If it sucks, it sucks, you know? Yeah. And same thing with your TV show, you know? You could have a TV show, but if, fucking, if it's not funny, it's not funny. And if it's not funny on a page, it won't, it won't be funny on the whatever, so. No, I understand, man. And, you know, I, I hear what you say about the, like, the Twitter followers and, and this and that. Like, for, for a while there, like, I... I I felt like I was pandering to people just because I wanted more retweets, more followers, more this, more that. And finally, I, I don't know what it was. You know, it's not like I'm doing this as a career. I just decided to say, fuck it. I'm going to tweet what I want. I'm going to talk about whatever I want. And whoever listens, listens. Whoever don't, 
you know, whoever doesn't want to listen doesn't listen, and then uh, that's when I started doing well, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was kind of like similar where it went from me, me you know, writing sketches for John Heffron and the um, and the old, and the MMA awards to like meeting Dana, pitching Dana some ideas. And then Dana coming to me. I mean, I'm a little, I'm coaching wrestling practice, and I get a phone call from Dana White, going, "Hey, we want to do this, uh, you know, videos where you make fun of fighters and it's a kind of a Tosh point out. And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, all right." And then I'm next thing I know, I'm working for the fucking UFC. Yeah. And then Fox, and then Fox Sports is like, "Hey, we want you to do text from last fight. Hey, we want to pick up your podcast." I mean, all this was a fucking, just like it 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 went from a hobby to a career. And then now it's back to a hobby, like because then uh, like UFC was like, okay, we're not gonna do those videos anymore, and then Fox Sports is like, okay, we're not gonna pay you for the podcast anymore, and we're not gonna pay you on salary anymore for the text from last Friday. We're only gonna. I miss those, get, man. Yeah, so that goes from like ninety percent to fucking ten percent of your salary, and I was like, ah, you know, thanks but no thanks, and uh, and then it went back to like, I mean, even when I hosted Tough Talk, I'm like. They're like, oh, you're going to do 10 episodes of Tough Talk. Yeah. And then after one episode, they're like, yeah, you're not going to do it. So it's been so fucking hot, you know, up and down. But the stand-up comedy has been a consistent thing. I mean, that's that's really – and I got away from it a little bit. I got I got too involved in the MMA stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. I love doing it. But it was taking up so much time. And when I was being compensated for it, I was like, you know, it's fucking easy to be like, yeah, but – but I kind of reached the ceiling with it, and then I had to kind of take a step back and refocus my energies on, like, my stand-up and TV shows I'm pitching and movies I'm writing and shit I'm creating. And, you know, it, it kind of, it's hard because, you know, I have 62 or 63,000 fans on Twitter. That's crazy. And something fucking happens. And before, you know, before I even know it, 10 people are tagging me with <laughs> a version of my own joke that I wrote a year ago, yeah. uh, or two years ago, or three years ago, but I'm like, fuck, all right, I'll, I'll retweet this joke that you kind of reworded that I wrote fucking three years ago because it is what it is, you know? And, uh, and, then, and then I'm like, fuck, and then I feel obligated to, and to write a joke for them, but it was easier when there, was, when there was, you know, cash behind it. You know, it was easier for me to, but, 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 it, but it was the best thing for my comedy in some ways was, was losing those jobs because... You know, it led to the Oxygen show. It led to this other show. It led to, you know, this show. I just, I just pitched and sold the show to a network, a major network. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back, take two steps forward. Um, but, you know, there's, but there's still that, you know, I enjoy the fights. I, I love the sport. I love making people laugh. You know, so it's, it's hard. And then, and then you know, International Fight Week, I already have, like, uh, 200 reservations for my shows, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, oh, fuck. It's like, you know, it's hard. It's, awesome. it's, it's, it's hard. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like they were like, they gave you something, and then, <laughs> you're like, oh, great. And they're like, hey, keep doing it. And you're like, all right, I'll keep doing it. Ooh, Adam, I'm going to have to shut off my video here. I'm starting to get a little, uh, if I can figure it out real quick. Uh,. Well, our stories are, are somewhat similar. Why I'm a funny man, I mean, except for my mom stayed. That was probably, uh -huh. that was probably what did it for me. But uh, it was one of those deals. My parents were divorced. They lived about two hours away, and back then, you know, the kid always went with their mom, and 
it was a deal. And, uh, you know, we, she didn't let me play any sports. My dad would have to drive up and, uh, you know, an hour and a half for each practice. He's a good dad, you know, and, and do all that. And finally, you know, I got to live with him when I was 14. I, ma- I made a big stink about it. And, but by then, you know, I was out of sports for so long. Everyone was so far ahead of me, and I, and I wasn't the biggest guy. And finally, you know, I got to do something else. You know, I, w- I want to make friends, so I just I tried being funny all the time, you know. And I guess I was the goofball or, or whatever, you know, using Dana's Dana's words. And but it's you know it's helped me. It's helped me as an adult. You know, it's it's helped me to work hard. It's uh, you know it's really helped me to uh, deal with people I wouldn't normally be able to deal with. So you know, there's that. Now you get to do a comedy show with Dana White. Are you just going to tell the crowd to heckle him and how to run the UFC so he'll be at his best? <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that. That Sunday night. Um, Doing a show at the uh, Laugh Factory with Dan White, uh, Nick the Tooth, Matt Sarah, um, uh, Mike Whitfield, uh, David Spade, Brian Cowan. Mm-hmm. I'm hosting the show. Really excited about that. So uh, really pumped. Yeah, man. That's that's good. Hey, you got time to uh, you got time to pick some fights for me with uh, sure. with me rather for UFC yeah. 199. All right, start with. Uh, I want to go. First, on the preliminary card on Fight Pass, we have Dong Young Kim versus Polo Reyes. Really, I want to pick this fight so you can make a Dong Young Kim joke. But, uh, <laughs> uh, always bad on the Dong. Oh, the yeah. Dong will always prevail. So, well, I'm going with Dong. Yeah, me too. I don't even know who this other guy is, really. That's definitely uh, the biggest Asian Dong I've ever seen. Yeah, so, yeah. So. The, the Donger's going to go crazy. No, nowhere, yes. but, nowhere but up for the dong. All right. So, uh, prelim card, Fox Sports 1. We have uh, Clay Guida, Brian Ortega. Ugh, man, that's hard. What do you, you got? I think five years ago, Clay Guida, but now I'm going Ortega. I think I think Clay's best days are behind him. I agree with you there. All right. This one's got to be tough for you because he's a friend of the podcast. But we, oh, well, you got two friends of the podcast here. Benny Dariush versus James Vick. Fuck. Uh, it's all about whether or not Benny can get it to the ground. Yeah. Um, James has got much better striking. His box, he's a great boxer. Um, and Benny's main problem has been striking. Yeah. Uh, but James taking on a short I think they're both taking on a short notice. I was at James's last fight. He looks solid, and he's got great takedown defense. He look, he had he, he had solid takedown defense last fight. And Benny, I don't know what happened against Chiesa. Well, uh, Benny looked weird. a little soft, man. I'm just saying that last fight, he looked soft. I'm going with Vic in this fight. Yeah, I, I got Vic too. I, I'm not sure if uh, Usada had something to do with that last fight or uh, no, or Benny. no, no. He's, Benny's a Benny's a man of God, man. He's, he's not gonna. I guess it was Belfort. Yeah, I was gonna but, say. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I God think... told him to take TRT. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got I got James Vick because he retweets me, so you know, but uh, that, that's gonna be tough. Okay, Jessica Andrade versus Jessica Penny. Jessica Penny all day long. Yeah. And so far we're uh, on track. We I I think we think a lot alike here. I got Penny also. All right, here we go. Short notice: Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy versus Cole Miller. Fuck, this is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Cole. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, Bruce Leroy is just so hit or miss. He is, and he this is his second back at 145, and then I think Cole's a bigger 145-er, but, you know, even if 
Bruce Leroy gets uh, flashy on him. Cole's just too much of a veteran. I, I, I think he's going to wait him out. I, I think uh, he'll end up with a decision. I don't think it'll be any spectacular knockout or anything, but you never know. Yeah. But uh, Cole could submit him, too. All yes, right. that's true. All right, main card, Bobby Green versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, but is Bobby going to keep his mouth shut during this fight, or what's yeah, the deal? He definitely uh, lands the most curses per round, <laughs> most times per round. Uh, I like I, I got uh, Poirier in this fight. He looked amazing against Duffy. Yeah. I think 55 is his weight. Bobby Green came with a long layoff, and uh, I got Poirier all day. Yeah, I, ha- I was watching that Duffy fight, and my fight pass kept going out, so I was going from, like, laptop to computer to my tablet trying to get that fight. But, man, that was crazy. And, I mean, D- Dustin's face literally got rearranged that fight, you know, and Duffy got beat up too, but I got I got Poirier. I think he's too tough for Bobby. Um, we're going to probably agree on this fight too. Dan Henderson versus Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard by, by murder. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Hendo could land a big bomb. He could, but I think I think eighty five is Hector's weight class, uh, and I just think that fucking Hendo's like ninety seven years old. Jeez. I mean, shit, he used to babysit Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, so I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Hector on this one. Well, Henderson specifically uh, asked to be at the bottom of the card so he get to bed on time, but I, <laughs> I think uh, I think it's Hector. I, I think he's probably gonna knock him out in round one. He can't he can't handle the flashy strikers like you know he can't handle Vitor anymore. And maybe that was an early stoppage that last fight, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think Hector's got it. I think he's going to look good at 185. He's going to feel refreshed, and he's going to knock him out first round. All right, uh, Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas. Fuck, that'd be the, tar- the hardest fight on the card to pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Holloway because his, uh, his wife retweets me all the time. Awesome. So, uh, and she watches Living With Funny. So, who's on that? All right, just just so you know, I have these written down, and I'm not agreeing with you on purpose, but I agree with you. I, you know, Holloway looked. I mean, damn, a Cub Swanson fight. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's not fighting more, but I, I think Holloway probably has it. Um, I think Holloway's got it. KO probably. I mean, he's crazy. He gets stronger as the fight goes on, and he's. He, I think he's probably one of the most underrated guys at, at 145 pounds. I agree. All right. You know, Cruz versus Faber. Dominic Cruz. Uh, a tough fight to call. Yeah. But I, I'm going to go with just logic, which is saying Dominic Cruz is going to win. I think he's going to win. Based on how they looked in the last their last five fights. I mean, granted, Cruz's last five fights, you know, one of them was in 1974. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to go with Cruz. I, I, I love Faber. I just. You know, I think yeah, maybe his his best days are a little behind him, and also the all the changes over at Team Alpha Male have not helped. No, I think the Cody No Love thing winning last week. I think Cody's just it's just his time, man. And uh, yeah, I think there is a lot of turmoil. You know, I picked uh, I picked Caraway to win over uh, Aljamain Sterling based on good vibes. You know, when you have trouble in the camp, it's it's hard to train, it's hard to stay focused. So I yeah. had uh, you know Dominic Cruz. You know when. Uh, Daniel Cormier had to pull out of that fight. Dominic told Daniel he he thought he defended his belt too much anyway. But I got a uh, Dominic. <laughs> did you finally get that? <laughs> I got Cruz. Like, really huh? I was like, he really said that? Wow. And then I was like, oh, shit. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, man. Crickets, right? Uh, I got 
I got Dominic by five round sprint. I don't think your eye can keep up with him, man. I, I think Dominic's just got that weird herky jerky style, which is probably why he gets hurt all the time. You know, just the way he trains. Yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't tear an ACL during the walk to the octagon, he wins this fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. No banana peels get thrown in front of him. I, I, I think yeah. you're absolutely 100% right. Man, uh, last fight, uh, we may have agreed on every single fight, but we're going to see what happens in this last fight here. Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisbean, for the middleweight title, short notice fight for Michael Bisbean. I would like Bisbean to win just because the dude has just gotten so fucked with... Uh, all the guys he's fought, who's tested positive. Yeah. Things been text me all the time. He's, he's, he listens to my podcast. He's a real nice guy. And plus his eye is like constantly facing in some, at, you know, other directions. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fucked up when a guy cheats like Vitor Belfort and then kicks you in the fucking head. Yeah. And your eye is permanently damaged. It's just, that's got to suck. Yeah. So uh, my, who I want to win is Bisbing. I think is going to win Luke Rockhold. Yeah, I don't see, and maybe it goes the distance this time because there was a there was a headbutt that last fight, and it could go the distance. I think Luke's just stronger, faster, younger. I, you know, Bisping should have had this shot probably four years ago in his prime, you know, and he just kept going. You know, so these fights should have been no contests, you know, but they weren't. Yeah, and you know, you go against Chael, you go against Vitor, Dan Henderson, maybe didn't quite abuse it. <laughs> Is 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 much even the guys even the guys he beat I mean the Kung Lee it's, yeah it's, it's fuck man I mean the guy is it's like <laughs> it's like I'm only gonna fight this guy if I take step like I'm people are like I'm not losing the Bisbing so I don't I don't care what I gotta take it's just it, it sucks it totally sucks well geez he had Kung Lee looking like Bolo Young from Bloodsport unbelievable I know and then he said it, he said it was the lighting like yeah okay and he just got out of the sauna that was one hell of a sauna. <laughs> A sauna full of EPO and whatever, but uh, right, yeah. I want to go in that sauna. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! No, no, help me get cut up a little bit. But uh, man, that's uh, that's it, man. If there's anything else you want to get off your chest, no, man. I just want to say thank you and thanks for having me, man. You're you're a great guy. Uh, you're, you're a super, really a solid dude. Uh, definitely check out my podcast, MMA Roasted. I'm doing it out of my apartment now, and then I'm going to be in Vegas International Fight Week. Uh, at the Stratosphere, if people want tickets, hit me up. Uh, so at the Stratosphere, uh, that's it, really. All right, Adam, man, take care, and uh, thanks again so much for doing this. Anytime, brother. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. All right, how cool was that? So, uh, hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check Adam out at MMA Roasted or at Adam Comedian, and until next time, this is Aaron Weimar with the Aaron Says What podcast. Shalom.